Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It's a very deep class, offensive tackle, kind of the case every year that every college is throwing the ball a lot there's always good receivers and they need to pass protect so there's usually a lot of good offensive tackles it's a great class there i can't say and, and i mean we we are here at the combine but i'm not like incredibly deep into my evaluation on the interior offensive line but what i've watched from guys that seem like round one round two um or maybe into the third round it's a quality class on the inside as well some centers guards that I think will be starters, but mostly offensive tackle, the Panthers would be able to add to that, you know, of course, a very valuable position later in the draft. That's CBS NFL draft expert Chris Trapasso talking to Kyle Bailey on the Kyle Bailey Show this week on WFNZ uh, about the O-line. It is a great, the, the cool thing about this draft, the uncool thing is we don't have a first round pick. All right, we all know what happened there. Um, Bryce haters, uh, relax yourselves. All right, relax yourselves. Cool your text fingers off for a second because there will be time for you later when we play the audio of what Merrill Hodge had to say on Wesson Walker about Bryce Young yesterday. My goodness gracious. But uh, for right now, though, um, I will say, if there's ever a good draft bone to be in this position where you draft 33 and 65 or whatever it is, um, I think, and your and your needs are wide receiver and O line. I think, I think that's at least positive for us because it really does sound like we have a chance if we evaluate correctly, <laughs> and that's something that we just have not quite uh, done for a while here. But if we evaluate correctly, you have a chance to get good players, immediate contributors. It sounds like at both wide receiver and O line, if you choose to, in the second and third rounds. Yeah, and I have I have another need that's in there, but I don't think the depth of this draft is great at 33. I, I throw tight end, a, a more younger dynamic tight end into that, whether it's a wide receiver or tight end that can help Bryce out. I just don't know, Mac, at 33, it doesn't appear to be the deepest tight end class when no, we talk to people. So that, there, there's not one that stands out. Like, oh, this guy right there, last year I think there was more depth. This year it's a need, but I'm not talking about it a lot because I just don't. I don't know if at 33, anyone really quite stands out there. Right now. I got to tell you, man, it would be a really nice draft um, uh, to be up there um, somewhere. Tw- even tw- I'm not even talking about number one, just somewhere towards the top. I, I, I'm telling you, I would weep tears of joy if Brock Bowers oh. ended up on the Panthers. Obviously, that is not happening. That ship has sailed. But, man, you talk about tight ends. I can't get past him in this draft. I, he's just – and he'll run today, by the way, and he will be – he will look dynamic today like if you when could, the tight ends are on the field with the DBs. Like if you could put one player from this draft on the Panthers, that would be the perfect fit nope. for what they need. Oops, save that topic. That could be a good time. Marvin Harrison Jr., though, too. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get any of these guys, y'all. What about right. what, what about your uh, Malik neighbors? Is also there's yeah. a lot of it. Yeah, that's a good Monday topic. All right, that yeah, down save the that. Yeah, we, got, right. we got a couple months to the draft. Save that one with no number one pick. So save that one. All <laughs> right, people so, are gonna say it's gonna be Drake May. So, like, well, that'll happen too. I guarantee you, right? Or Caleb Williams or Jaden Daniels. But anyway, all right. So let's let's have this conversation. Um, is there a position? I'm asking y'all out there listening to if you can safely hit us up with a text. You could give me the position if you're like, you know, really on top of 
you know what to uh, you know what a lot of the mocks are saying in that er early second round area and you have a specific player that's great too either position or specific player that is not wide receiver what are acceptable answers y'all to who the Panthers can pick that's not a wide receiver and you would receive the pick well or are you going to hit us up uh, on the text line 704-570-9610 and say that you're wide receiver or bust. Like, it's such a good group. There's going to be good guys at 33 that you don't want anything but wide receiver. Speak up on this one, Panther fans. Like, is there a player or a position at least, Bone, that at 33, like, if they take it, and I know we got a long way to go in the process. We're just at the Combine. But is there anything else that feels, hey, that'd be a good pick? I mean, there's certainly guards, right? Cooper BB comes up from Kansas State. Graham Barton from Duke, who's a versatile offensive lineman. There are guys that are there. But, Mac, I just, it's hard to get away from the wide receivers at 33 because there's so many of them in this draft. You talk about the lack of tight ends. It's the opposite with wideouts. There, and there's different variations. There's there's McConkey and that type of wideout. There's bigger guys. There's speed guys. There's... There's so many options for it's just a matter of what do you want for your football team. I, I think that there's too much depth at the wideout spot at 33 to go away from that because it's all about helping Bryce Young right now. And look what wideouts did for Geno Smith. Look what they did for Baker Mayfield. Dave Canales has to find that guy that can be a main guy with for Bryce Young. If you don't get a wideout to be a main guy – it's that's they need they need to get they need more than one wideout honestly. Listen, this is one of these many draft topics, Bone, that I may change my opinion on over time. I know you ever you're shocked by that. I know that never happens during draft season because who do we get as a veteran wide receiver, right? Who do we add? I know the talk in Indy is they're keeping Pittman. Heck, even in Jacksonville, Doug Peterson said you know, expressing a real interest in Ridley, who was kind of like my favorite. In the free agent class. Yeah, Higgins, but, Pittman, and Ridley could all not even be options. Yeah, um, and even Evans. There, there's reports Tampa's really making a push. Then you get down so, to Hollywood Brown. You start to Kate go down. Davis is the one yeah. I got my eye on. If all those yeah. other guys are filled up, he's a guy that can make plays deep, and we could really use that. I know his year last year was disappointing, but he's a big play guy. But what about a McConkie-Davis combo? Yeah, when McConkie works underneath a lot, Davis goes mm -hmm. deep. I so like I think it. it depends on, like, who do they get. You know, it's a veteran I have a hard time, though. I can't tell you that, like, Graham Barton, to me, Graham Barton's going to be a really good football player. Like, he's just one of those guys that I look at and say, he's going to be a really good football player. I'm not saying all pro or pro ball or anything like that. And maybe it turns out to be that. They a lot of guys seem to be projecting him to play on the interior, but he did play left tackle at Duke. But he's a guy that is in that range, right? Like, I'm looking at Jeremiah's top 50. He's 34. So, and he's versatile too. A lot of these guys, Bone, to me, if they draft an O-lineman that can play like all the interior spots, like the guy Powers Johnson from Oregon is another guy I see in that area. Yeah. Like, you've got to be versatile at O-line because we don't know if we're in a year going to want to move Vicky inside and want to attack. Like, I, I, or, you know, we don't know if it's Bozeman or Corbett or whoever it could be the interior guy that we end up trying to replace. So I do think versatile O-lineman is one that it's like, I think you could really nail that pick. But then what wide receiver do you get? Because I, I think we both agree, and I don't know how the fans feel about this, 
But I think we both agree that we want a day two wide receiver and a veteran wide receiver. Like, could you get Leggett? Could Leggett fall to, to early third round? He could. You I know? mean, based off player rankings from guys that know, he's you know he's in the 80s, he's in the 60s, he's all over the place in some of these just overall player rankings. Him and Tez Walker in very similar neighborhoods. Yeah, I mean, and, and would we be okay with getting one of those guys if you took an O-lineman? I know Smitty likes Malachi Corley from Western Kentucky. That's yeah. one of his guys. Mac, here's the problem. If you can't get a Ridley, you can't get a Pittman, the Bengals hold on to Higgins. There's a lot of the free agent options, although there is Gabe Davis and other guys. Can you not find offense, trust your your new front office, trust those guys to find some offensive line depth through free agency and find guys that can play those guard spots if need be. It's hard. It's going to be harder, to, and I think, in this class to go find that wide out right now for Bryce. You know, they're there, but I don't know if they're going to be there during free agency because it feels like a lot of the main targets, no pun intended, might be going back to their football teams. Yeah, yeah. I feel I, more confident just getting your own guy as, as a Russell wide Russell Brown brought up yesterday, this is – maybe the deepest o or uh, deep, deepest position group in the entire class. The o -line. See, that's the thing. As Jeremiah said, Daniel Jeremiah said, you will, there will be immediate good starters in the fourth round. Mm. So, like, even if we use the third round pick on an O-line guy, and again, I don't even know if we need someone to start right away. If you get Corbett back, if you get Christensen back, do they bring Bozeman back for sure? I think it's I, like, so I almost wonder, Bone, if you can get a guy in the third round that's ready to start if someone drops out who maybe could play all the interior spots or something like that. Because it is kind of like I say that if they draft Graham Barton, I don't think we should be upset. But I do think I'd be a little bummed because there are sexy wide receivers like Troy Franklin out of Oregon has speed to burn. A worthy out of Texas, same thing. The guy I love the most, Lad McConkey. Like, there's going to be like really sexy time Ooh, wide rare. receivers, <laughs> like guys that are exciting, right? At, at 33. I don't know why I just rare as he was. Uh, Mac, I, I like the sound effects really uh, enhanced rare. it. Though. I, I like that. Mac, I've cracked the code. I got an idea. You ready for this to help out all areas? We talked about this the other day. Panthers have the first pick right now of round number two. There's always a rush of other teams. Someone's going to fall. I don't, who knows if it's a quarterback. There's going to be an obsession for one or two players that other teams have on that Friday night to get up to 33. If the wide receiver class is that deep, you can move down some. Yeah, You can go get get further down. You can get some of these guys further down. You drop down a little bit. You get a wide out you still like. You get more picks. And with those picks that you got for moving down, that's where you go find some offensive linemen. You get more picks later on. You drop down however you need to go, maybe once or twice. If you have a wideout that's not going to go that high in the second round that you like, you drop down, you get more picks. Then you have young players at the wideout spot, maybe a tight end later, who knows, and the offensive line. You move off of 33, get more picks, away we go. We got a texture saying same thing. Says drop down about seven or eight spots. You're going to get another pick. You're going to add a pick, and we need collateral, right? We need more, you know, um, you know, more shots at the dartboard for Dan Morgan. I don't think that's a terrible idea. I don't know if I would start dropping back another time because I. But it all depends, Bone, on what's their tiers of wide receivers, right? 
Like if you like Leggett, you can get Leggett in the forties, or or you can get Leggett later on, maybe. Yeah, if you like him enough. I wonder if Leggett's fallen off enough to where you can get him in the third or whatever. But to me, it depends on the tiers. Like, because to me, Lad McConkey, Franklin, these guys feel a little different than Tez and Leggett. Although I shouldn't say that. I really like Leggett. I know the noise is getting to me though, Bone. Like, when I watched Leggett last year, how many times did we talk about, oh, my, put him in a Panther uniform? Like, makes plays after the catch, runs like Debo with it, runs like a running back with the ball after the catch. But this noise is getting to me, you know? Well, the separation separation is what's concerning. Yeah, well, then maybe he's not for us. Because, like, Bryce needs separators, man. What about a guy I'm seeing in the third round if you don't get McConkey? Like, another thing I've thought, what about if one of the edge rushers falls? Darius Robinson out of uh, Missouri, Latu out of uh, out of UCLA to put opposite of Brian Burns potentially, and then maybe you take like Roman Wilson, who I really like, creates a ton of separation. Maybe draft him in the third round. Yeah, if he lasts, if he lasts, I see what you're saying. I just I know we're going to need another edge opposite Burns, Boney. I just really want to use day two to help Bryce. You know, but that's where if you trade back a little bit and get an extra pick in the middle of the draft, maybe that's where the edge comes from. You know, something we, like that. Have, we have a new text line feature here. It's the 24-hour mute button. It's basically like the version of the drunk tank for the text line here. I'm going to try it out here on this texture here that's trolling me. His name is Willie P. We have a text here from Willie P. on the WFNZ FanDuel text line. He's um basically saying I'm obsessed here with Leggett. Uh, Mac, if this was Luther Burden from Missouri... Uh-oh. What do you think Willie P will be saying He's right now? He's talking now about Robinson, who, who Flounder suggested from Mizzou. He's now obsessing yeah. over his What's own guy. Shocking. Live, live coverage, Mac. Willie P going into the text drunk tank for a while. You're out, <laughs> Willie P. make it right. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, that sound effect gets me every time. Go in, go in the drunk tank and the penalty box and throw coat away. All right, you got a game tomorrow to call. <laughs> yeah, focus, Willie, focus. Bobby Marks says he thinks Cliff will be back. Said it on the station yesterday. You're going to hear it. We react next on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. It doesn't make it right. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> I mean, I think Cliff's a heck of a coach. I, I really do. I mean, um, I, I think certainly what we've seen a little bit before the deadline, I mean, before the All-Star break and, and the games since, um, I know there's been some lopsided games um, in, in the last in the last couple of games here, but I'd love to see what Cliff can do with, with NBA talent. I mean, that, that's what, uh, you know, and I think he can do a lot of good things here. And I think it's just a matter of kind of what the vision of how long this is going to take. Um, is it going to be two years or three years? 
Um, maybe you get lucky in the lottery and maybe, you know, you're, you're where Oklahoma City was a, a couple of years ago and you're not that far away here. So, you know, because there is a relationship there, I think um, I would I would say that, there, there, you know, I don't want to talk for Jeff, but I would think there, was, there is a good chance that, you know, at least for the next year, you kind of, you know, you, you have that working relationship and you can see Cliff with, um, you know, with a little bit of a different lineup. All right, that's Bobby Marks, front office insider at ESPN. He was talking with Wes and Walker yesterday. Um, great interview, uh, or a great interview. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, it will not be the Wes and Walker interview that y'all will be talking about the most during the Mac and Bone show today. The clips coming up at 8 o'clock from Merrill Hodge about Bryce Young. Merrill Hodge really enjoys ripping quarterbacks, doesn't he? It's a, like it's a, really, it's a sport for him. Like, Does he like any quarterbacks? <laughs> That's a great question. Don't get me wrong. He's a big Mark Malone fan. They played together. He thought Mark Malone was elite back in the day in Pittsburgh. But anyway, um, listen, don't get me wrong. It's it, There is an element of respect to somebody that is willing to whether it's in the draft process where he's he's taking shots at Caleb Williams and Drake May or this stuff about Brian. I respect guys that are willing bone to to be honest and say negative stuff because there's a lot of people that don't want to do that in the media. Right? Guys that that could be honest and aren't with that said, though, his honesty about Bryce Young, it done made me mad. All right? We're going to talk about it today at 8 o'clock. We're going to let you hear those clips if you did not hear that interview yesterday. The Bobby Marks thing, you and I, we kind of had this thing in the on-deck circle, this topic. We knew this topic with Steve Clifford and do you give him another year and a chance you know, with with this different roster moving forward, we knew it was going to be a conversation. I know others were already kind of talking about it. Um, but and then yesterday, to top it all off, when you hire Jeff Peterson to be the the new head of basketball ops, and then you see Woj writing about how when Cliff was a consultant there in Brooklyn and Peterson was the assistant GM there, that they they kind of developed a really good relationship. And Woj kind of put that in his article and tweeted that out. And it's like, are you trying to send us a signal here that, hey, don't write off Steve Clifford? And then after that, Bobby Marks comes out and says, yeah, I think he's going to get another year. Um, how do you feel about this? And Hornets fans, I want to know how y'all feel about this idea. Steve Clifford, if he gets, should he get another year? He's gone through a just mash unit for two, he's coached a mash unit for about a season and a half. Does he deserve another year? Is it good news? Is it okay? What's a good fan react? Or is it, oh, no, please go out and get someone new? Like, what's your reaction as a fan? I, I think Cliff is a better coach than we've seen defensively uh, the last couple of years. I don't think Cliff all of a sudden forgot how to coach. So it's not a complete indictment that, that Cliff is a, a terrible basketball guy. I think it's a circumstantial thing where it's time to move on. You've got a new ownership. You've got a new uh, front office guy in charge in Peterson. Cliff Mack would have been here now if he comes back for three different front offices, two ownership groups. At time, it, there becomes a time where if you have new owners, if you have a new uh, operations guy, where there's fresh set of eyes at the ownership level, at the front office level, it just becomes time where you want everything to be fresh. So I think now is the time to move on from Cliff. I'm not trying to be mean to Cliff. I like Cliff. I just think if you're going to change coaches when you're doing all these other changes, now would be the perfect time to do that. 
Yeah. Why, why, why keep him around again for another GM, another ownership group? Now would be the time to find somebody else in there. If you're going to make it all fresh, do it now. Yeah, because the thing is that you do here, and I get the argument for him, and you certainly do wonder if Bobby Marks is right now that Jeff Peterson's the GM, you know, and they have a relationship. It really does make you wonder. I, I think I think part of it has to do how they finish here. You know, they're 5-1 and one in non-Bucks games since the trade. Let's see some more non-Bucks games, see if they can get back to winning against Philly, winning against Toronto and stuff like that. Let's see how they're really playing under him for the rest of the season until, like, I make a final decision. I kind of am inclined to go with you, though, because here's the deal. What if you keep him and you're not really happy with the results and then you kind of – then you go to the new coach and the new system and stuff like that? Is it just best – to just new owners, they put their guys yep. in the front office, and then you bring in new guys. Now, if Jeff Peterson is that tight with Cliff and believes in Cliff that much and he wants to keep him, I mean, then there's a very good chance it's done, right? That that that's that's a wrap. I, I and I like Cliff too, so I'm not trying to be mean about it. And actually, Bone, I remember when he got fired the first time. You and I, there weren't many people that were saying keep him. And you and I still wanted him to get another year of that. Guy can so, coach, man. So, yeah, well, there's no doubt he can coach. You've started to see the defense in non-Bucks games. I'll keep phrasing it that way. Play a hell of a lot better. So you you started to see, okay, Cliff's being validated here. Guys just wouldn't play for him, wouldn't give him the effort. I'm not saying it's a horrible thing. Like, if they finish strong and Cliff comes back, I don't want to make it seem like I'm going to be on the radio screaming and spit's going to be flying out of my mouth. I'm so angry. But I kind of feel like you, like, it feels like a right time to really just go new across the board, right? Let the new owners get all their new guys in place. Yeah. Can they get, uh, you know, they struggled last time with the search, and that's why it landed back on Cliff. James Plowright last hour mentioned Kenny Atkinson, his ties to to uh, to Peterson. You know, a guy like Budenholzer's out there now, who's controversial to some, but there are names that are out there, and more names will emerge. So, I don't know. I just I just feel like it's the right time for eyes to be different at all levels of the operation. You don't want Mag. What if what if he comes back and they? They start seven and twenty next year, or they start That's eight and twenty-two. Like, if you waste a year, kind just of, just do it, do it, do it now. Like, just let's just do it now. This texture says, "I'm not blaming all this on Cliff. I'm just the circumstances to me dictate the timing of moves, and right now the timing to me says yeah. like, try to find your guy uh, with this ownership." And listen, with Peter. I think we would all acknowledge that he had bad luck with the injuries, right? Like that really, I mean, Mello and Mark out forever this year. Mello out a ton last year. Just the volume of injuries. Hayward permanently, literally super glued to that seat on the bench. I mean, it's just like, so I think it, I think we're acknowledging, Bone, in a way, yeah, he never really got the chance to coach the full roster. It's also his second chance to coach the franchise. I kind of thought it was really weird that he did get a second chance. To coach the franchise. So I am with you. It seems like the texters, it seems like texters, a lot of y'all would be angry if Cliff was retained. Water bringing up a name of a guy out there. What's this guy's name, Mac? James? Barigo, <laughs> offensive-minded guy from New Orleans. What a what a what a guy that would be to coach you. What, look if, into they, this what guy. if they bring back Barigo now? <laughs> got to look into. <laughs> they get they fire Cliff again and replace him with Barigo. Holy crap! If anybody could do that, it would be the short, your Charlotte Hornets. Or now we're ready for Barigo Cliff together. The next the next season. This is going to be the Bar- offensive and defensive coordinators. Yes. They're co-coaches. Yes.
<laughs> Here's what a lot of people are saying. This texture says, stop trying to make a coach with a 300 winning percentage a long-term guy. Brian says, let's be honest. Is Cliff going to be the long-term guy that when we finish the rebuild is there and taking us to the next level? It just feels like you're putting off the inevitable. Yeah. I kind of feel that way too. I mean, uh, our also, guy, Mac, it's also about we know we know who the the two stars are. It's Melo and Brandon Miller. What what coach fits them best? If you thought it was Clifford, then then you know it is what it is. But is there not a guy out there, or is there a guy out there that you think meshes well with the emerging game of Miller and how Melo plays? Who fits best with those two guys? Yeah. Go out there and find them. Yeah, I'm still not sure Clifford's the answer to that. You know, um, uh, MHB says all teams need some stability. Our teams change coaches like underwear. Um, there's some. There's something to be said for that too. But like to the to our points and the Texter's point. Okay, it gives you a little stability. But how long do we feel like Cliff would be the guy? You know what I mean? I I still feel like are you going to want another coach? to then make a jump at some point. Um, you brought up a point which I agreed with, which is I get what he's saying with stability, but you've brought in new owners. You've brought in a new guy running the front office. It does kind of feel like a time where you just kind of, you know, change everything, right? Yes. Let the new owners have their guys across the board. It just feels like time. But I am willing to say, like, like I said earlier, it's, let's let Steve Clifford have the rest of the season, and then let's have the our final answers in that topic. What do you think about this text? By Bob? the way, Mac, is there not? I'm trying to tie it all together because there's not a lot of like there's not a lot of bio info on Peterson. He was in Atlanta, right? Yeah, and then with Schnall, Schnall and Peterson both Atlanta ties, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Budenholzer's out there. Mike Budenholzer's out there. Yeah. Oh, that's a good Ooh. point, too. Is that not all? You start connecting dots? That's a very good point. So and, I, and I, I, I read here Peterson was a scout there in 13-14. So his time there goes hand-in-hand hand with Budenholzer, and so does one of our owners. Oh, that's a second hire. To me, to right me that, yeah. that's that, the guy to look at. Yeah, that's a great idea. That really is. And it makes sense because of the connections, right? Like, we're focusing now on Peterson and Cliff's connection there in Brooklyn, but that's a connection as well. Peterson's story is pretty unbelievable. First of all, he played college basketball at Iowa, Arkansas, and FSU. Transferred <laughs> twice when he was in college. The original um, portal guy. Yeah, you go. They, they, they call. They should call it the Peterson portal bone. Um, uh, he. Okay, he was. He was in. He was in Atlanta for a lot of Budenholzer. Yeah, so all the is, way until so basically him, the end of Budenholzer. Yeah, him and Schnall, and there's there's something there. That's that's not. There's got to at least be a phone call, right? Mm. Budenholzer, not booty holder. Per the text, no, booty boot, holder. What's boot, that? Budenholzer. Someone did say Tar Heel Tony said, "Who's booty holder?" Mike I don't know. I'll let you handle that one. But Budenholzer, I think we that's do another OnlyFans model. <laughs> but um, the thing I read about Peterson was amazing. He's 35, right? So he's extremely young. It's been a very fast rise to this point. Bone, I read yesterday, he went from intern with the Atlanta Hawks to assistant GM at Atlanta Hawks in four years. Like, wow. there's something special about him. Seth Curry was talking about him yesterday because Seth was with him in Brooklyn. Seth said this is a young, energetic dude. Like, it's just, like, it sounds like he is in the Canalis mold, right? Young, energetic, positive attitude. But you have to be... You've got to stand out to go from intern to assistant GM in an organization in four freaking years. 
Something's got to be different and special about you. Reading about it right now, the meteoric rise of former Arkansas basketball player Jeff Peterson from from yesterday. Mac, I have another idea, a connection to Peterson. So he's got the Budenholzer connection. What if Budenholzer head coach, and he hires one of the top assistant coaches in the game that's on the net staff, Ben Simmons? <laughs> that would be Mac was so bought in. He was, I, he was locked in. I was he thought he had a great idea. I was what was about to happen, and I'm like, no, no. No one clowns. can see the game and coach the game, Mac, like Ben Simmons can. <laughs> ben Simmons and Gordon Hayward, I'd get them on the same staff, Boney. Seriously, they have seen so much basketball. Uh, this texter says, uh, Budenholzer would be a fud-rucking good hire. Oh, uh, no here doubt. We go. Here we go. We're We'd be fud-rucking all night if we hired Budenholzer, <laughs> baby. Easy, easy. <laughs> Oh, man. What do you think of this text, Bone? All right, we're sitting Probably here. Probably don't like it. We have, yeah, you probably won't. We have this new vibe of things are changing, even though the Bucks have absolutely clobbered us a couple times in a row. There's a feeling of change, right? And that gives us a little bit of optimism. The draft's not great, so that's yeah, a little bit in. But what do, you th- what do you think of this text, though? This is the complete other side of the spectrum, I think, that most Hornets fans are feeling. Um, whoever we hire, I guarantee you it's going to be a failure. This organization is cursed. I can't believe the optimism that I have been hearing on this radio station the last few weeks. What is the point of it? It doesn't matter if the people change. The Hornets are going to stink. Bone, that guy is a miserable person. (laughs) Seriously, you can't have a little bit of optimism about the direction and the fact that we've chosen a different path and there's a different GM. Like, I'm not on here making guarantees, Bone, like uh, O'Brien Trophy guarantees in five years or some crap like that. But, like, I don't know. I don't think Hornets fans should feel that miserable and defeated like uh, like our default setting normally is. Are you ready to be a part of therapy? This guy's going to end up in the, uh, or this person, I should say, is now in the... uh, the text drunk tank with Willie P for 24 hours. Hang out in there for a while. Cool yourself off. I think Willie's he got a roommate be, now. I think he needs to be on a couch talking to people about just life in general because, <laughs> wow, that is a dark outlook. Wow. Uh, this dude, can you blame any of us Hornets fans for being uh, permanently negative? No. But I do but I think, think there's like renewed this, optimism now. We've there's got a fresh start. New ownership. There's a GM that's young. That's Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller. Um, Lamella will be back. Back at uh, uh, Lamella Mac will. Uh, Lamella oh, Mac is on the team right no, now. No, I got it right here. Yeah. I just uh, did you see this? Just drop. What's that? When Lamella's coming back, it just dropped. 2028. He's going to oh, be back. No. He's going to God, no, I hope. Man, it's just. I should joke. There I should joke, man. Next yeah. hour, that might be rushing it, though, man. Next <laughs> hour will be on him. There's there's a Lamelo segment coming up on what's going on with him. Cliff had a very they, interesting. They, they miss him dearly. I'll say that much. Cliff had an interesting, concerning answer. And they do offensively. Like, he's a he gets buckets and he gets guys open shots. And we need both of those things right now. Buckets and open shots. But um, Cliff had an answer bone that just. We got to talk through this on LaMelo's injury. So anyway, that is coming up in the next hour. This person says, uh, that person said, what's the point of being optimistic? What's the point of being pessimistic? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I get the whole, like somebody's on here. You do know our track record is rather shoddy, somebody says. Shoddy? It's pathetic. Oh, is Willie texting again? (laughs) Like, let's be honest. It's pathetic. But there's different things in place to at least... Like, at least make you feel like there's a chance things change around here. That's all I'm saying. When we come back, the state of North Carolina might be changing a policy to keep UNC and NC State 
together in the same conference. They're back. It's basically like uh, sports bunk beds. They cannot <laughs> separate. We analyze that next on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Go Heels! Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mac and Bone with you on a Friday. Hope everybody's feeling good heading on into the weekend. We've got two Hornets games that don't involve Giannis. We've got all kinds of college hoops. Charlotte has South Florida at home at Halton. Um, big ACC games. Charlotte FC, NASCAR. We got things happening. I do want to, Bone, make sure we keep saying this throughout the day because the audience changes, right? And I want people to kind of know um, our, we are continuing to do this show. Uh, well, you know, thinking of our guy, Mark from Gastonia, he's been in the hospital for a few days. He is one of our absolute favorites, man. Makes us laugh every dang time he has been hey, on the air. Um, uh, and, uh, he is, he's battling right now, um, from a health standpoint in the hospital. Um, any prayers you could send out to MFG, we'd appreciate it. And, uh, man, I hate seeing him go through this, yeah. but, but I will say this though. There's been a lot of people reaching out to him. I know you got some people to reach out. Like that, uh, you could tell he is feeling the love, man, which is cool. Yeah, Facebook has like 300 comments towards him right now, and that's the that's the listener side of it, where they're all uh, the outpouring of support. Mac, uh, excuse me, Mark has crossed over into who he's always wanted to be legendary, right? He would do videos on TikTok, but I think by just being organically himself. Uh, he's become a legend and a number of, of celebrities and all of us around here are sending him videos. Paul Feinbaum yesterday, Mac, who you hear him, you hear Paul mess with Mark all the time, did a video shout out for him yesterday. Charlie Ward, who Mark loves because he does like Florida State. Um, a number of people, Pac-Man did a video. There's more on the way and uh, out of the kindness of his heart because he listens and he does know Mark's journey. Uh, Greg Olson. Just sent Mark a That's very, so very cool. nice video. And, That's so cool, and man. And Mark, uh, for those that don't know, Mark absolutely adores Greg Olson because of his son's journey and a lot that Greg Olson represents. So that right there, those moments right there, we're going to keep flooding Mark with videos and comments and responses. And it's hard. Mark has distracted us a lot from life and made us laugh. Now we will distract Mark during his toughest time. Definitely, definitely. Um, and we're seeing nice messages here, which is awesome. It just yep. goes to show, man, um, uh, how everybody around Charlotte feels about him. I want to spend a few minutes, Bone. We're going to get to Merrill Hodges' comment yesterday with Wesson Walker on Bryce Young and how it, how, how does it hit you? How do you feel about his comments? Um, because they're rough. They are definitely rough. 
But I want to spend at least a few minutes now, just at least, you know, letting everybody know this story, discussing it for a couple minutes. I know KB was talking about it yesterday. Um, where you have the state of North Carolina bone, it's the UNC System Board of Governors, the school, you know, the University Board of Governors on Thursday, formally approving a policy change that will make it more complicated, more difficult, probably, for state universities to move from one conference to the next. The thought that I had, and I think we all had, Bone, is the thought that a lot of people have, a lot of media members have had since then, is, oh, we know what they're setting themselves to be be able to do. Keep Carolina and NC State together. That if Carolina leaves, like, jo- big, like John C. Riley and uh, Will Ferrell, your stepbrother, yeah, your stepbrother's going to hang out with each other, man. I um, <laughs> like if Carolina were to leave and get an offer, this gives them the the avenue to put their foot down and say no. And I would wonder if they literally were, would be told no. You can only do it if state comes, um, because having you know we've seen this before with like. We've seen the state politicians get involved, Bone, telling, you know, certain power five in-state schools to play like ECU, for example. Like we've seen them. We've seen them get involved in sports things like this before. What do you think about this? Like, is this and I guess the real question is, what do Carolina and state fans think about if the state politicians are literally like UNC? We're not allowing you to move unless state is attached to you. I'll ask Flounder. Flounder, does this does this concept <laughs> annoy you? Do you understand why this why the, the state He's trying would to get state do this? State's on his leg right now. He's trying to get him away from it. It's just the thing to me that's concerning is that if this is what ends up actually happening, yeah. it's just it the could theory that this is you, what they're trying to do. It could prevent you from going to certain conferences. Now I, I mean look, I knock on them all the time. Their athletic department, state's athletic department is well-rounded enough where the SEC and Big Ten should be willing to take that on. But I don't know. I, 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 do they do they want to take on two schools from the, the same, same market? St- because the whole thought I, is, that's the thing right there. The whole thought is, Bone, that these conferences just want to expand their footprint to get in the state, yep. right? Get in a new state. And then you get extra money on like ACC network in that state, right? When you have a team in that. So yeah. so that last thing Flounder said, Bone, like do the Big Ten and SEC want to? Do they need to the from Big this The Big Ten state? wants Carolina to get that market yeah. in Virginia. Raleigh, Durham, and Charlotte, and they want Virginia. Yeah. That's what they this, want. This so, reminds so it, me of the early um, realignment stuff where all the schools got tied kind of together. They all had a running buddy. It felt like that was near them in the – in the state or the rivalry, uh, the rival in the conference. It feels like, man, this is good. And we kind of got away from that a little bit where it became more about other stuff found, but it feels like this is more what we saw early on in this whole process where this school and this school were a package deal. And look, I get it. I get it. Especially because, you know, the, the state wants to keep these schools together. Cause I, be- I believe it's still the case, but it originally was Car- that NC state was a part of the North Carolina system. Um, so that could, they want to keep two of their, their two biggest entities together. So it makes sense I, why they want to keep them tied. But I, I mean, the thing that sucks, like, so for, for state, if, if the big 12 is that interested in them, but the other two conferences aren't, but the big 12 is not interested in Carolina, like you're kind of trapping, it, it could work see, both ways. See, that's the thing. What you're kind of getting to right there is what gets me like, does it cost North Carolina a chance 
to go bring in more money and, and, and you know, have more resources for their programs because they're being held back by staff. I'm not trying to piss off state fans, but like, that's not can, hard to do. And I can only imagine, Bone, the text, little brother holding us back. Can't go out. Can't go out into the real world without little brother. Mom making me take little brother with me. Like I could just imagine the condescending text that would come in. By the way, they're playing basketball tomorrow in Chapel Hill. Why do we? Why do we have um, someone that's not our rival tagging along here? It's, <laughs> yeah, that'd be a line too. So it's like, does it? Do you call a conference's bluff if you're the state, or do you run the risk of not, you know, of of hurting your one of your schools? Because you try to play hardball and make them take both schools. So that's the only thing that worries me. But I do understand why they would want both to get big money, why they would try want this. Uh, multiple texters are pointing out other states feeling similar ways, like Virginia politicians. Like there are people that are like Virginia Tech fans, I think, are kind of hoping that their politicians would do the same thing and try to attach Virginia Tech to Virginia um, someone said something about the Arizona schools, and they did end up staying together, right? Big 12 for both? Yeah, because the Pac-12 only had Oregon State and Washington. But I don't think, yeah. I but, don't think but let's be, let's be honest. Want, they didn't want Arizona the Pac-12, really, did they? Arizona State. Oh, Arizona. Or did Arizona? they care about either one of those? Uh, or were they willing to say no? Arizona probably. Or I don't I can't remember. I, I got to be honest. I don't think either one of those athletic departments are really that much different. So I think... I mean, football program-wise, they're pretty even. They've had their ups and downs, so that's probably why. I mean, I guess maybe that's the way you look at it with, with Carolina and State as well, but I think the the problem is, right, the Big 12 doesn't seem to be nearly as focused on markets that they're getting into. Their focus, your Mark's focus, is just grow the conference big enough to where we can survive Definitely. and start rolling And he's doing in. a great job Where the it. SEC and Big Ten, their focus is what markets can we get into so we can continue to build just oh, these yeah. massive TV contracts. They want to take over. And so then it's when a we different find mindset. Out, then when we find out they teamed up, Bone, on this advisory group, and it's just like... It feels like Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker teaming up together. Oh, I never, yeah. And I've never seen a second of Star I, I Wars. Think, I don't, so think I don't know if the, this reference works. I don't think on the, are they on the same side? No, they side. are absolutely and not on the same okay, side. Right. And, the, and the Big Ten and the SEC were never on the same side. They were mortal enemies. And now it feels like they are going to team up for world domination. Uh, That's the way it feels to me with that advisory group thing. To put a bow on this segment from where it started, Mac, MFG right now, uh, update, having the time of his life. In the last hour... He's got a pep talk from Sirloin, his friend. He's got a heartfelt message from Olsen. And on the shift change, uh, he finally got a hot nurse he was eyeing up. Well, there. that is great news, Mark. And then you deserve all that, Marky. You he deserve also all wants that. to know if Matt can get uh, Jelly Roll to send him a message. <laughs> oh, I'm not very... This, I, is, this is Mark Doug. These videos are great. Keep sending more, yeah. I, I mean, I ate a Jelly Roll this morning, but I like the, the country store I can't help you with. Uh, by the way, <laughs> ECU fans are mad. What? Oh, Pirate Sean, every time. Kevin, uh, they're mad because the state will not go to bat for them, Bone Man. <laughs> To go where? Wants, they want to be Just attached go to, to UNC. Just go to Sub Dogs. These, these guys want to be attached to UNC. SEC, you take our pirates or else. I don't think that's the way it's going to work. Bobby, that would be a lot of drinking you're taking with you there, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh. When we come back on this station yesterday on Wesson Walker, Merrill Hodge teed off on Bryce Young. What did he say? And how do we feel about it? Sports Radio. 92.7 WFD. Friends of Jelly Roll, not texting it. <laughs> Just let Mark from Gaston, you know, baby, he'll be it for you.